Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to our series, Battles and Victories. If you're a first time guest today, welcome. It's so great to have you here today. My name is Pastor, my name is Miriam. I'm a pastor here at Church Alive and it's just an honor uh, to serve this house, to serve the beautiful people of this house on this extremely rainy day. Um, but God has a word, I believe, in season for us. It is for me. I pray that it impacts you today. Why don't we stand? We're gonna just read the word today it comes from romans chapter 8 we're only going to read a few of those verses but i would encourage you today before you go to bed tomorrow morning to just dive into chapter 8 there's so much gold there's so much truth there's so much of god for you in this chapter and so i'd encourage you to just read it maybe do a study out of it but why don't we read it together so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to christ jesus and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law couldn't do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Philippians 4.13, last verse, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you grew up a Christian, you probably heard this verse for years and maybe it's fallen now on dead ears and you just think of a little kid like, I could be all things. But today I want to remind some people, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and me. Let's pray. Father, we really do love you. We so honor you. We worship you. We're so thankful for what you've done. We're so thankful for the beautiful exchange. You gave us Christ in exchange for us. God, I thank you. Lord, I pray that you would just speak right now to your sons and daughters. I pray that even before I would speak that you would already start doing something powerful among your sons and daughters. Lord, that people would even now in this moment experience freedom, that even now in this moment chains would break. Lord, mindsets would change, Father. Lord, perhaps where there might be skepticism in here, Holy Spirit, would you just knock on someone's heart? Let them know you're for them. Let them know you have something for them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just start going through every aisle, knocking on hearts, touching lives, restoring, bringing freedom, bringing mending and healing in Jesus' name. Have your way, I pray. In Jesus' powerful name, I pray. And the Church Alive says, Amen. 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 Hey, why don't you take a seat? The title of today's message is, My Flesh is Not My Lord. My Flesh is Not My Lord. When I was about five or six, 
I had a little funny situation happen to me, and I'm Portuguese, so my parents can be a bit, or, bit on the stricter side. You know, the Latino culture, the European culture. I feel like our American culture, we're a little bit more laid back, but like, I'm very much like the Italian culture with the Portuguese. It was like, you messed up, there goes your ear, there goes your butt, you know? You're like, you're gonna get a spanking. And it kept me who I am today, praise God. <laughs> but anyway, when I was about five or six, maybe seven or eight, I don't remember, I went to Rite Aid with my parents. And I believe my sister or someone else was with me that day. And I got in line and, you know, the, the beautiful line there right in front of the cash register with all the chocolates and all the candy, it's just screaming at you, eat me, eat me. And I was like, okay, mom, I really want a Snickers bar. And she's like, no, we have like potatoes, fish, and spinach at home. That's what you're going to eat. I'm like, but it's not Snickers. And I'm like begging her. And when she says no, it was no end of story. I normally can convince my dad to give me what I want. You know, like, you know, that daughter's thing, you know, like, daddy, the apple of your eye, you know, it's me. He's like, okay, I love you so much. And my mom's like, no, you know? And so I'm asking her, and she's like, no. I'm like, fine. So I'm there, and I'm looking at the Snickers. The Snickers bar is looking at me. And I'm just like, well, she's not looking. No one else is looking. Looked around. No one's behind me. I'm five. No one can really see me. I can barely see past the counter. I was like, well, I had this crazy idea that if I took the Snickers bar, no one would know. So I did. I grabbed the Snickers bar, <laughs> put it in my pocket, and all was good. I was really smart until I got into the car. I was like, I'm winning this one, this is awesome. Get in the car, no one saw it, no one came running out of the store, like, lady, child, five-year-old, come over here, none of that. And I was like, oh, so then I had the bright idea to pull the Snickers out of my jacket and open it, like the, like the noise of the rapper Miriam, you know what I'm saying? I would learn later in life that is what happens, but I'm trying to open the wrapper and my mom, looks back when gave me the evil eye like she's looking at me she's like what is that i'm like it's a snickers bar where did you get that from from Rite Aid? and who bought that for you it was free <laughs> and she's like you're gonna go back in there right now and you're gonna tell them that you're a thief and you stole it i'm like that's really harsh and she's like you're gonna do it right now and she grabbed me by the ear and she dragged me all the way inside and she made me tell the 19 year old guy that was behind the counter like I'm a thief, I stole your Snickers bar. He could care less. He was like, all right, thanks for bringing it back. He could care less. And I looked at my mom and she's looking at me and I got a whooping when I got home, let me tell you. And so, and I thought about that moment recently because I, I wonder if any of us has ever done anything wrong that we thought we could get away with but then actually had to reap the consequences of, of what we did. Has any, anyone ever experienced that? I remember thinking in that moment, I was standing there and I'm looking around and my palms were sweaty, my knees were weak, my arms were heavy, mom's spaghetti, you know what I'm saying? Eminem preaching to us, you know? And I remember in that moment thinking, it's a good idea, no one's going to catch me, and, and I gave in to my flesh, right? Recently, something else happened with me. No, I didn't steal a Snickers bar, it's all right, your pastor is all right, okay? But I remember recently something else happened where a thought came to my mind that wasn't me. Like something crazy came into my mind, and I was like, where did that thought come from? Has anyone ever just been doing life, going mind about your own business, and suddenly you get these weird thoughts, and you're like, yo, where did that come from? Has anyone, not everyone? Okay, you're with me, awesome. I was at a recent event, 
an event that I look forward to going to every year. It's an event where I experience the power of Jesus. It's an intimate time with me and the Lord. A bunch of girls from our church go, but I don't even really, I love them all, but I don't really think about it as me going with the girls. It's just my time with the Lord. It's like my moment to just get in there, get refueled, and I love it. But something weird happened during this entire weekend that I was at this conference. It was like these weird thoughts kept bombarding me, like bombarding me, like, you can do a better conference than this. Look at that. Listen to that. Oh my. And I'm like, I go every year to this thing, and I love this thing. And I'm looking at myself, like if I were able to get myself out of my body, I literally started telling myself off. It was hilarious. I wish we could have recorded the conversation I was having with myself. I was like, who do you think you are, Miriam? Who do you think you are? And I'm like going off on myself because I was like, where are these thoughts coming from, and why are they bombarding me? But they wouldn't let me go. They kept coming. They kept bombarding me. It was like it wasn't going to leave me alone until I started agreeing with my thoughts. It wasn't going to let me be until I started to believe the thoughts and accept the thoughts that were bombarding me. But at the same time, I knew better. And I was like, no, I'm not going to sit here in pride and let the devil take what was meant for me. Because when you're in pride, you can't receive. When you're in pride, you can't receive, but it just kept coming. It was a bombardment. I literally had to tell someone that I was with, I was like, yo, I'm like literally getting bombarded with pride right now and I don't even know why. Like I had to expose that battle because the moment you expose your battle is the moment that battle starts to weaken. And so I couldn't let my flesh, the craving of my sinful nature, win. I couldn't let my flesh dominate me. And I wonder, have you ever felt like your flesh was screaming at you and you have no other option but to give in? Has it ever happened to you where you just feel like sometimes your flesh whispers at you and you can deal with it and you're like, ah, shut up. But sometimes it's screaming at you and it's saying, no, you have to give in. No, you want this. No, you need it right now. You need this instant gratification. And it's like this urge inside of you and you feel like you have no option but to give in to your flesh. See, the flesh doesn't just stop at pride. We get sucked into various cravings of the flesh like sex outside of marriage, pornography, lack of self-control with our tongue, with food, with our mindset, what we decide to believe, what we decide to speak, gossip, slander, jealousy. All of those are temptations of our flesh, abusing drugs, abusing alcohol. And it can almost feel impossible to walk away, to say no, to overcome it. But I want to come alongside of you today and let you know and encourage you that God calls us to live this life in holiness, yes, but he also knows the struggle is real. And he wants to let somebody know here today. He wants someone in here to know you can overcome. Your flesh is not your Lord. Your emotions are not your Lord. The struggle you're going through, it's not your Lord. Maybe it feels like it has been, but I want to tell you that today you can say, yesterday I struggled with it, but not anymore. I can overcome. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is a battle. The flesh saying no to the flesh, it is a battle sometimes, but it's a battle worth fighting. And I found that there are certain times in our life where the battle feels stronger, where the battle feels like the the heat is up and it's harder to, to say no, to walk away, to turn your back on the flesh. I find that it's when we're tired. 
Sometimes we've worked all week. We've, we've dealt with family issues all week. Perhaps maybe you're sick. I don't know your story. I don't know your journey. But sometimes I found that when we are tired, we're like, oh, whatever. Just, yeah, okay, let's just give in. Have you ever felt that way when you're tired? You can give a crap. You're like, whatever. When we're isolated and disconnected from the house of God. You can even come to the church. You can come to the house of God on a Sunday, but still be disconnected from God's people. You can run in and run out. You cannot be in a a dream team, in a transform group. You can be disconnected, and you don't even realize, but I go to church every Sunday. Why am I struggling? Because you need to be in relationship with people who are for you. Iron sharpens iron. Another thing that will keep us weak and keep us from saying no to the flesh is when you don't actually know enough of the word of God. It's okay to start off not knowing enough of the Word of God, but it's not okay to stay in that. You see, there's 52 Sundays in a year. We do about 10 series per year. That's not all the topics there is in the Bible, and then you need to unpack that. God calls us to discover Him. God calls us to seek Him. And so sometimes what needs to happen is it's not just Sunday. It needs to be through your transform groups, through your dream teams, but also through the reading of the Word of God. What does God have to say about the struggle you're going through? What does he have to say about dating? What does he have to say about marriage? What does he have to say about whatever it is that you're struggling with? He has something to say. Number four, it's hard to say no. It's hard to walk away from our flesh when we feed our flesh by making excuses for our disobedience. When we make excuses for our disobedience. Well, that's just my personality, Pastor Miriam. I'm just prone to anger. Well, that's just my personality. That's how I'm wired, Pastor Miriam. I'm this or I'm that. And and so then we submit to our personality instead of submitting to the Lord. We make our personality our Lord. We make our personality our excuses. And God gave us our personalities, but we're called to become more and more like Jesus. Not use our personality as a shield. Like, well, this is how I am. It's great. God loves you the way you are, but loves you too much to keep you that way. Number five, it's hard to say no when we're being lazy. Like we can't be bothered. It's the only life you have to live. It is the only life that you have to live, and you have a choice. Either battle, because if you battle, you will win. He's given us victory, or we can just, well, he already gave me the victory. I don't need to battle. No, 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 you only fight to win. That's how it works. But if you don't get into the battle, you don't win. You may not realize that, but these things that I just spoke about right now, they add fuel to our flesh. But I want you to know that you can win the victory over your flesh. Because if you say Jesus is Lord of your life, then your flesh must submit to Jesus. My flesh is not my Lord. Jesus is. His word is my authority. I want his ways to be my ways. I want to submit to his authority, not my feelings, not my emotions, not the cravings of my flesh. I want to be a forgiving person, not one who submit to the temptation to be bitter, angry, and unforgiving. I want to be free, not bound by alcohol, sex, drugs, pornography, lust. I want my identity to be who Christ says I am, not who culture says it's okay to be. I don't want to be controlled by cravings that will diminish me, destroy me, make me compromise, make me sick, make me less than all I'm called to be. I don't want to be a person full of excuses. 
I want to be all God's called me to go. Go everywhere he's called me to go. Experience everything he wants me to experience. And I won't allow my flesh, the cravings of my sinful nature, to determine my outcome. You know, sometimes there's these like cute little quotes on Instagram, like, no one can delay God's promises. False. You can. I'm like, oh, that's such a nice quote. False. And Christians quote these things. Nothing can delay God's promises. You're right. Only you can. You can choose to walk in the wilderness for 40 years, or you can have that eight-day journey that it's supposed to be. But if you keep putting yourself back in that environment, if you keep putting yourself back in the place, you're going to keep getting the same results. My flesh is not my Lord. Your flesh is not your Lord, or at least it doesn't have to be. Years ago, a, a young man who we're very close to, recent years, we haven't seen him in a while, but sweetheart, I've known him since before he was born. I knew his whole family. Um, he used to have a really bad addiction to cigarettes, like smoking. And when I mean that, I don't mean two packs a day. I mean an entire box, sometimes more, per day. He was 19, 20, 21, and I used to get really mad. And so I used to like, he used to come over, like, he used to put his cigarettes on, don't do that, if you come to my house, I'm going to throw them out, I'm just letting you know. So he would come, put his phone, his wallet, and his cigarettes on top of my counter, and when he wasn't looking, I'd go, I wouldn't just throw it out, I'd actually break them all, and then I would throw them out because I love him. And so, not because I'm annoying, but because I love him and I want him to live, right? And so he used to be like, Miriam, I'm like, I love you. And then eventually, one day, I said to him, come here. And he's like, what? I'm like, give me a cigarette. He's like, what for? I'm like, give me a cigarette. He's going to break it. I'm like, it doesn't matter if I'm going to break it. Maybe not right now, but I'm going to break it in a little bit. But come here. I grabbed the thing. I pointed it to him. I said, how big is this? And he's like, I don't know, like two and a half inches, three inches. I'm like, okay. I put it right next to him on the floor. I said, mm, I said sweetheart, um, so you're telling me that two and a half inches has more power over you than you do over two and a half inches? And he was like, that's not fair. <laughs> He's like, it's very strong addiction. I'm like, I know, but you have to first decide that you will overcome. Yeah. You have to actually see yourself overcome. If, yeah. you, if you don't first recognize what you're dealing with, you're dealing with two and a half inches, sweetheart. Yeah. Two and a half inches. And you're telling me you can't defeat it? He's like, it's hard. I'm like, I know it's hard. But yeah. first you have to reckon with yourself. Yeah. It's two and a half inches. This thing has power over me? And we got into an argument, which is great, I won. And so, but I, I, let, I had to let him know that you'll never have victory if you think you can never have victory. If you think you're always going to struggle with that. Pastor Amir, I'm always going to struggle with lust. I'm a man. Pastor Amir, I'm always going to struggle with jealousy. I'm a woman. Pastor Miriam, Pastor Amir. Listen, the word of God tells us you don't need to. He, he already carved that on the, on the cross for us. He took that on the cross for us. We don't have to carry the bondage of sin. It is finished, but you have to walk in that victory. You have to walk it out. In other words, you actually have to be action-oriented when it means to walk in that freedom. I think about countless people in the Bible, Adam and Eve. They, they submitted to the flesh, and now look, our world is still reaping the consequences of them submitting to flesh. I think of Cain and Abel. I think of Jacob and Esau. Jacob was a really good cook, and his brother was really good at hunting. He was out hunting all day, came home, and he was like, I'm starving. Can I have a bowl? And he's and then Jacob's like, well, if you give me your birthright, if you give me all of your rights and blessings to being the firstborn, sure. And Esau's like, sure, I'm hungry. 
It's like, wait, wait, you just gave away everything that was inherited to you for a bowl of beef stew, bro. Are you kidding me? But it's that instant gratification sometimes. We're blinded. We're like, no, but I want it. I need it. It's my, and it starts yelling, no, you need it. You want it. You have to have it. It'll free you. It'll give you joy. And actually, no, it doesn't. It imprisons you. It binds you. It takes away joy. It will keep you from the things that God has for you. You have to see the manipulation that the flesh does to us. It manipulates us. It tries to say, you'll be free if you do it. Actually, no, you'll be a slave if you do it. King David. King David, a man after God's own heart, committed adultery, then has the the woman's husband killed. Then he brought disaster upon his family for generations. For a moment, a moment, Judas, because of his love of money, betrays Jesus. For what? For a week later, for him to hang himself? Was it worth a bag of money? That moment, that, that hunger, that I need it, I want it. It starts screaming, you need this money, you need this sex, you need this TV show, you need it. And you're like, oh, I need it. You believe the manipulation of the flesh. But then I think about other people in the word. Joseph, he's in the palace with the king, with Pharaoh. And he, Potiphar, I believe, Potiphar was his name, yeah. And a lot of preachers like to call his wife Potiphar because she was very pretty. And so she's trying to seduce Joseph, tries to strip him of everything, and he starts running. He's like, nah, I'm good, I'm out of here. I know what this will cause for me. I'm out. He knew what God called him to. He knew his God was greater. He wasn't going to submit to his flesh. I think of Stephen, 29-year-old deacon who was martyred, stoned to death because he wouldn't deny Jesus. I'm sure in that moment, as he's getting stoned, as they're asking him, the Pharisees or whoever it was, were asking him, deny Jesus. Would you deny Jesus? And he's like, maybe I can just say sorry to Jesus later. You know God's grace? No, he didn't do that. He said, no, I will not deny Jesus. Sometimes we do that, right? Do what we want and say sorry later. I've done it. King Jesus himself, Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, it's getting real for him, right? In that moment, he's there. In that moment, he's like, God, if there is any other way, Father, Father, it wasn't just God to Jesus. It was his daddy. It was his dad. And he's like, God, if there is another way, please make the provision. I don't want to go through that. It's going to hurt. And he was like, but wait. Your will be done, not mine. My flesh is weak, but my spirit is willing. Our flesh can be weak, but our spirit can be willing. We could pray, God, would you make my spirit willing? Would you give me the desires of the things of your word so that I could be the man and woman of God that you've designed me to be so I could be victorious because you died so that I would be victorious? Is there an area in your life that you find yourself submitting to the flesh? Submitting to the cravings and manipulation of the flesh. Maybe for some of you, the temptation is to treat your spouse like a roommate instead of a soulmate. You just split the bills together. Hey, can you pick up the milk? Can you do this for me? And that's what normals become because you don't want to get intimate because intimacy is hard work. Getting to know each other, talking together is hard work, right? It's like dating. It's like a lot of work trying to figure each other out. Everyone's complicated. It's like, oh my God, can we just have fun? It's complicated. Oh, thank God I'm not dating anymore. God bless those who are dating. It's amazing. Have fun. But it can be complicated. 
But for us married people, the temptation is to just treat each other like roommates. Young people, don't give in to the curiosity by trying drugs. I'll save you the surprise. Spoiler alert, drugs will kill you. This is not a dare program, this is truth. Every week I'm getting a phone call or I'm seeing something on social media. So-and-so died of a drug overdose. I lost four of my friends from elementary school within two years. Weirdest thing, our yearbook picture, they're in a line, all four of them dead, heroin overdose. What? All with little kids under the age of five. Somebody. Five of my nephews, all 18, 19, 20, 21, all died, heroin overdose. Toby Mac's son, 21-year-old, young, beautiful soul, died. What? Overdose. Why? We're playing with fire because we think we're unbreakable, because we think we're free to do whatever we want. But instead, that is the lie of our flesh, that is manipulation from our flesh, and it's causing young people, old people alike, to die by overdose. I'll save you the surprise. Drugs eventually kill you. Not if, it's when. I know it's easier said than done, but we can overcome the struggle of the flesh. You need to have a ready defense. I'm gonna go through some of these real quick. How do you have a ready defense against the struggle of the flesh? How do you say, not today, flesh, not today, not ever again. Number one, you expose your battle. You gotta tell someone, but Pastor Miriam, that's embarrassing. They're gonna know I'm not perfect. Welcome to the club. There are no perfect people, only Jesus. Tell someone, even if you are embarrassed, even if it's awkward, it's more embarrassed taking, being taken out by something that maybe right now is not that big of a deal, but it can become a huge deal later. Yeah. Oh man, I'm having these thoughts. Welcome to the club. You're not the only one, perhaps struggling with gambling, struggling with having thoughts of an affair, having thoughts of pride, having thoughts of jealousy. You are not alone. Oh, I struggle with eating. That's okay. You're not alone. Tell someone. Let someone carry you. Let someone walk with you. Let someone believe with you. Let someone hold you accountable. You can overcome. You will overcome. But don't just tell someone. Tell the right someone. Tell the people who will actually care to check up on you and be like, hey, like my good friend Anna, she's like one of my best friends. Like she's now going with me to the gym and she'll text me at night. 7.30, pick you up. I'm like, Ugh. She's like, what did you eat today? I'm like, stop it. But she cares. I don't know who you need to text, but it needs to be the right person who wants to see the best thing come out for you. Don't go to battle by yourself. Gather the troops. Get into a group, a transform group, a dream team. Get here. Get surrounded by people who want to see you flourish. It won't be overnight, but it will be a journey of pruning, a journey of refining. God wants to do something in you, and it takes time, but don't give up. Expose the battle. In some cases, you do need professional help. Oh, but if you have Jesus, you don't need a counselor. Um, yes, you do. Some people need to go to rehab, and there's no shame there. I applaud the people who will humble themselves enough to say, I need help. Oh, but I need counseling. How about, I hear this all the time, oh, I need counseling. Okay, go get counseling, but it's $100 an hour. Okay, but how about those concert tickets you keep buying every month? How about those Giants tickets you keep putting down? Isn't your life more important than going to a one-hour show? 
You keep putting money down for nice heels, nice boots, nice whatever it is. And maybe you don't. Maybe that's not your case at all. Maybe you truly don't have the money and you need help. We can try to figure out how we can help you. But some people need professional help. And there's no shame in that. That means you're strong enough to say, I need help. Number two, know your enemy. I'm not talking about the devil. We give the, the devil way too much credit. The devil did it. No, you did it. You opened the door. The devil did it. No, you turned on the channel. The devil did it. No, you snorted that. No, the devil did it. No, you bought that bottle. And this is for me too. Sometimes I go, I just sometimes, oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me. Sometimes you hear Christians say, I was attacked by the enemy. I'm like, no, you just didn't say no to your flesh. Yes, the enemy is real. Yes, he attacks people. Yes, it's true. Yes, he can come against you and he can try to take you out. Yes, yes. I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about the very thing God told you that you have dominion over. Pride is your enemy. Unforgiveness, bitterness, gossip, slander, laziness, jealousy, excuses are your greatest enemy. I have seen excuses take more people out than drugs have. I have seen laziness take more people out than drugs have. Why aren't you in the house of God? Oh, it's kind of hard to get there. Really? Your life's not worth it? Come surround yourself. Be in the house of God where we're for you. We believe God for you. There is purpose. There is vision. There is a destiny. There is a path that God has designed for you. But you're lazy with your life. He loves you. This message is not against you. It is for you. I think of Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If we could just actually know what the word of God says, we would know that when we're actually struggling with something, we would be like, yo, that is a compromise. Whoa, Bible actually has something to say about that. Sometimes we're fighting things that we don't even realize God has something to say about it, and we don't know how to arm ourselves, defend ourselves, because we don't know the word of God. Have your weapons ready. That's number three. What his word says, and I'll have Daniel come back. What his word says becomes our weapon against our flesh. What his word says becomes our weapon against our flesh. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I would not sin against you. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Meaning, when the temptation comes, when the flesh starts screaming, you literally get the word. It's like doing one of these to it. It's like, yo, back away. It's like a good old-fashioned high kick. If that's what it's called, I don't know. <laughs> Psalm 119.11, At your word I have hidden in my heart that I would not sin against you. But if you don't know the word... How do, you know, how do you know? If you don't know what the word of God says, how do you protect yourselves from the flesh that tries to come against you? When your flesh says, I need to give in, you say no. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No flesh, step back. No. You have to give in. No, I don't. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Jesus in you is greater than the alcohol that's trying to take over you. Jesus in you is greater than the drug addiction that wants to destroy you. Jesus in you is greater than the food addiction that is trying to sicken you. Jesus in you is greater than the abusive relationships you keep getting yourself into. Jesus in you is greater than the offense someone did towards you. 
Jesus in you is greater than the temptation to sleep with someone other than your spouse. Jesus in you is greater than the temptation to just accept less than great because you're just too lazy to fight or maybe too tired to fight. I get it. Some of us are tired. I get it. Life can be hard. It can beat us up sometimes. I get it. But Jesus is your strength. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Your life is worth the fight. Your family, your children is worth the fight. Look at your children and say, I need to win this fight because I need them to win the fight. Number four, stop feeding the flesh monster. Stop feeding the flesh monster. Living a victorious life says, my flesh is not my Lord. My emotions are not my Lord. I am not my Lord, but Jesus is my Lord. And Jesus says to me, I forgive you, but go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Easier said than done. Yes, I know. But go and sin no more. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. If you keep feeding the flesh monster, it's going to keep growing. If you have an issue with lust and you keep watching things that are going to keep growing that lust, guess what? You're going to keep growing the lust. If you have a problem with, I don't know what it is, but you keep putting yourself in that environment, it's just going to keep growing. If you keep the same friends, you're going to have the same results. It does not mean you are better than your friends. It just means for a few seasons, you may need to withdraw from people who are leading you down the wrong path. Again, not because you're better, not because you're holier than thou. No, because you need to take care of the life, the soul that Jesus gave you, and you need to get yourself right before God. You got to get some things in order. And then when you're strong and you have a whole troop with you, you go and you bring those friends and say, hey, I know a way. I have a path. His name is Jesus. And it's better than drugs. It's better than the nightlife. It's better than sex. It's better than this. It's better than that. Same environment, same temptation, same eating patterns, same health results. If sowing thoughts of humility replaces thoughts of pride, how about the other areas in our life? As we sow the opposite of what our flesh wants to do, we reap fruit in the spirit instead of reaping things in the flesh. Sometimes it's saying no to the nightlife. I'm not trying to be all religious and Pharisee on you, like, oh, there's something wrong with the nightlife. Well, it depends on what it makes you do. I'm going to the club to preach about Jesus. Are you, though? If you are, sweet. Have fun. See you Sunday. But sometimes the flesh will forget to remind you that as a Christ follower, you're an ambassador for Christ. So... You represent Christ no matter where you go. So where are you going? Are you representing him well? Romans 13, 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Make no provision for the flesh. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? I had to think about this verse this week. Make no provision for the flesh. 
man, I've been trying to, to do some goals recently on some, some areas. I, I realize I have some gluten issues and dairy issues, so I've been trying to get better at that. But like, my house is full of stuff that is not gonna be good for me. Guess what? I'm making provision, provision for my flesh. If you have a lust issue and, and a struggle with that, and yet you have all the HBO and the Playboy channels and all that good stuff, guess what? You're making provision for your flesh. If you still hang out with the same friends that all have weed and cocaine and heroin, and it's just a hit, it's just one time, it's all good. What if that one time is your last time and you're done? You're making provision for your flesh. This is for me too, and this is for you, and I hope you feel that. Number five, fight to win and don't give up. We can't give up just because we failed once or twice, it doesn't mean we're done, we're failures, we're defeated. No, 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 you keep getting up. If you fall down, you get up again. If you're having a hard time, call someone and be like, yo, I can't get up. But Pastor Miriam, I'm embarrassed. I've been struggling with the same thing for two years. That's okay, you will overcome if you decide you will overcome. You just can't make excuses though. Leave the excuses for yesterday and keep it there, bury it there. Today you have a choice. Yesterday was the last time I gave in to my flesh. Today I am free from my flesh. You actually have to get into the fight to win. You have to get into the fight to win. It is impossible to win the victory unless you dare to battle. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. But can I add a little piece of advice? God gives you the way of escape, but he also gives you something called wisdom and discernment. If you know you struggle with something, don't go where you struggle. Well, I struggle with this certain type of sin, so let me go to this certain type of bar where everyone is struggling with the same thing. That's not going to go real good for you. Wisdom. I mean, common sense. Thank you, Jesus. He gave it to us. Let's use it. And I say that for me. I don't want you to think I think lightly of your struggles. I don't want you to think that I think they're easy. Some are easy, some are hard. Some are hard. Some addictions, you are just desperate. You're like, God, help me break this. God, help me. I don't want to be this person for my children. I don't want to be this person for my spouse. I don't want to be this person for my parents. I'm tired of breaking my parents' heart. Help me, God. And sometimes these five points I just gave you, they're awesome. That's what I've used my whole life to conquer sin, conquer the flesh. But sometimes you need to get on your knees and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, you're my power. You're my strength. Holy Spirit, I don't want to give provision to my flesh. I don't want a provision for my flesh. Holy Spirit, I don't want these thoughts anymore. I don't want to act like this anymore. And then get on that journey. I was dealing with it this week. Every time I preach a message, God makes me test it. Sorry, he tests me through it. You know what I mean, right? Making sure I'm living what I preach. We're all on this journey together. And there came a moment 
where I'm writing. And, and again, I, this is what I've done in my life to overcome. But I was like finished with the message. This is Friday. I was already done. I was like, all right. And I just sat there in that moment and I was frustrated. I had worship on and out of nowhere, I was like, Holy Spirit, I need you. And it was in that moment that I felt this freedom. You see, we can try all of this in our own flesh, but our flesh will fail. Our flesh will fail. Holy Spirit won't. He is our strength. He is our power. He is our guide. He is our comfort. So when we tap into his power, it's almost like what's around us just gets lighter. It's almost like, wait, wait, I don't feel heavy anymore. Wait, I can. Yes, I can get through this. Yes, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. Yes, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes, I am victorious. Yes, I am a conqueror. Yes, I am who he says I am. Yes, I can put to death the things of the flesh. I will not submit to the flesh. The flesh is not my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. He's who I submit to. His word is my authority. My emotions, my personality, my feelings, although some of them can be true. So I'm not discrediting your feelings. But don't let your feelings be your Lord. Yeah. Holy Spirit, help us. I want us to declare some things this morning. If you want to stand with me, I think it would be powerful if we all declare them together. Because I believe maybe in here today, there might be some people who just accepted the fact that this is just your struggle. This is what you do. This is what who you are. And so I'm not going to try anymore. I just keep failing. And maybe that's you. I want to just, can I come alongside and squash that thinking and say, come on, man. You can. You will. You are who God's called you to be. Come on. I want you to declare with me. Just repeat after me. My flesh, my flesh is not my Lord. Not my Come on, put some jersey in that. My flesh, my flesh is not my, not my Lord. My emotions, my emotions not, my not my Lord. I can. I can. I can. I can. Do all things, all things through, Christ, through Christ who gives me strength. Come on, say it again. I can, I can. Do, all do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Christ who gives me strength. I, am I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Jesus Christ, my Lord. Thanks be to God be who God. gives me victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and self-control. He's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. I will not let laziness, excuses take me out. I will overcome. I have overcome. Yesterday is buried. Today I start to submit to what Jesus says. I am victorious. I am a champion. Because he's my champion. Come on. Do you believe that, though? Like, believe it. Believe it. 
talked a lot about Lord today, the Lord of my flesh and my emotions, but maybe some in here, you haven't actually made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. You may not even realize what that means. You're like, well, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. He was a good guy, and I know he died for me. And But there has to come a point in each of our life, lives when we acknowledge the fact that none of us are perfect. We all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. And there has to be a moment the Bible talks to us where we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior by forsaking our sin. Again, he knows we're not perfect, which is why he sent Jesus. Where we say, God, would you forgive me of my sin? I want to make you, Jesus, Lord of my life. I don't want to be Lord of my life. I want you to be Lord of my life. What does that look like, Pastor Miriam? It's a journey. We're all on it, and it's amazing. Not easy, but so worth it. All across this room, if every eye would just shut for a moment and every head would bow. If you're in here today and you're like, I want forgiveness for my sin, and I want Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life, if that is you, all I want you to do is just slip up your hand just so I can see it as you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. I see those hands right there. Yep, I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Yep. I see them all. So what I want you to do right now, I just want you to repeat after me. Everyone's going to do it, not just you. We're all going to do it together. And we're going to just basically reiterate what I just said about asking for forgiveness of sins and receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I invite you all to pray that with me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for me. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. I ask that you would be Lord of my life. I want you to be king. I want to offer all that I am to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.